Uh, back at it. We are back at it. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. I am Carson Cunningham. And joining me today for the final time in his illustrious Pistols Firing career, the... <laughs> The former owner and emeritus, the creator of Pistols Firing. Now he is the preeminent golf writer in America, Kyle Porter. What's going on, Kyle? Not much. It's been a while. It's uh, This is something that we've been wanting to do. I'm glad we're sitting down to do it to kind of just wrap everything up. It's been, um, I don't remember, the last one we did was in September, August, something like that. Um and yeah, since a lot has a lot has transpired since then, but I'm glad we're wrapping it up. This has been, as we'll talk about, just such a fun thing that you and I have have put together, even if it was just for us over the last several years. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we're we're doing one final final podcast here. Yeah, me too. It's it's a good way to go out. Um, we'll we'll get into your decision to uh, sell the website, sell the media company that is Pistols Firing. But first. Let's hear from Chris the University Spirit. Kyle, you arranged this partnership. It's been an unbelievable partnership for the podcast. Really a company that, you know, anyone that goes to school in Stillwater, you know of Chris's. When I go back to Stillwater, I make a point to go there if I need to pick up some gear. And really, of all the sponsors we could have, like Chris's would be near the top of the list of Stillwater companies that that I would that would come to mind. So it's credit to you that you brought them aboard and, and we really appreciate them sticking with the pod for so long that they have. And uh, I, I really appreciate you lining that up for us. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, not only for the, like f to have them on board, cause they're obviously a great business, but also for them to make our gear as well. Uh, I think, you know, you and I have talked about that. A lot of people maybe don't know that they still, you know, print and, and distribute all of the, the pistols firing stuff that you can buy online. So uh, it's been a really cool partnership and and they're awesome to work with. So I, I have nothing but great things to say about Chris's. Yeah, they're fantastic. Again, we appreciate them uh, sponsoring the podcast. It's been a lot of fun over the years. And Kyle, I wanted to do this 10 thoughts style because I've always thought that your 10 thoughts after a huge OSU game was appointment reading. I thought it would, would cover basically everything needed to be said. And I, I, I love the format of it. And I, I want to get into that podcast style 10 thoughts with Kyle Porter as we send you out but first I just wanted to open the floor to you you know I know you wrote a, a 10 thoughts piece on the decision to sell pistols firing uh, people can go read that at pistols firing uh, and I just wanted to kind of open it to you and just kind of reiterate your decision and, and why you decided to move on yeah how much time do we have here um, we got all we got all day unless you got to take a golf podcast we got all day it uh I don't have to tape a golf podcast today. You know, th there, there are a million reasons. And I think that the, the most prominent one, and this is the one you and I talked about privately it, and, and, and that I sort of wrote about is just, it's such a, it's such an important time in um, my kids' lives. They're very young and tender. They're, they're at such tender ages. And I don't, you know, I spent the last 10 years building up this business that it was a ton of fun, but it also took a ton of time. And, you know, I took some time away from PFB in the fall uh, to, to focus more on uh, my job with CBS and to just spend more time with our, our family. We moved and we just had, a, we had different things going on. And I think that to get a lot of that time and mental energy back uh, when I was away, it just, 
it, it kind of solidified to me that this was the right time to move on. And, you know, I, I, I wrote this, I don't know if you remember who said it, was it Bob Stoops that said 10 years to, to do anything is a long time. Do you remember that? I think it's, I think it was Gundy. It could was be it Bob. Gundy? Bob probably said it too. I, 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 although I think now that I mentioned it, I think Gundy was more of once you coach at a place 10 years, the Raider running out of town. So I think you might be right, but Stoops might've been, might've said it in that context. One of, one of those two, maybe both of them said just 10 years to do something is a long time. And that was, that was what I reached. It was the 10 year mark, almost exactly. You know, I started writing the, the on the site in November of uh, 2010 and I didn't start, I didn't make it public until January of 2011. And so stepping away, I think my, my, the last thing I wrote was December 10th or 6th of, of 2020. So it was almost 10 years exactly. And it just, it was just the right time. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be doing this when I'm 60. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't, there's, that's not a, you know, that's not problematic. It was just not my desire in life. There are other ventures that I want to do other businesses that I would love to start in the future. And, um, you know, it was, it was the right time with Marshall as well. Marshall Scott is, is who, um, who, who bought the company and, and now owns it. And it, it, you know, he had been on with us for a couple of years, kind of knew how things ran. It would have been weird to sell it to somebody who, who didn't know how things ran. And so it, it, you know, all those things lined up and it just sort of worked out, I think really well for everybody involved. No, I'm, I'm, it took me by surprise, but the way you've laid it out makes perfect sense to me. And I, I feel a lot the way you do. I'm I'm sure you feel this way too. Like I love what I do, but there's going to come a time, you know, I'm, I've been single this whole time. I'm now engaged. There's going to come a time when I have a family and Mm -hmm. for me, my job, which I have my dream job, this is what I dreamed of doing coming out of college is great, but there's nothing more important to me than having more time with my soon to be wife and hopefully kids. Like that takes precedence for me over any job. Like I would take a lesser job with lesser goals and aspirations in terms of the actual job itself. Like, like if, if ESPN came calling when I have a wife and three kids and says, you got to travel around the country calling games, like that would be a dream in, in one hand, but for me, it'd be far more important to be at home with my wife and kids. So I, I value family over everything, including my career. And I, I know you have so much going on with the golf job. I mean, people don't realize that, you know, your golf gig, like it was crazy to me how many times I would ask you and you'd be like, yeah, I haven't had a day off in like two months. Like you don't get a day <laughs> off with that job. And you certainly don't get a day off hardly at all with pistols firing you. That's an every single day thing. So it, it makes perfect sense to me. And while it's, it's sad for me, which we'll get into with the podcast, it, it makes, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. And I'm just appreciative that we got to do it as long as we did. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that, you know, first of all, it's a, it's a privilege to be in the position where I can say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, you know, and, and I don't, that's not something that I, that I take for granted because I, that's not, especially during the pandemic, man, like that's not an option that, some people a lot of people have is to say I don't want to do this work anymore and that that was I felt the weight of like having the the that privilege to be able to say hey I don't want to do this anymore um but I think some of it and and we'll probably talk about this a little bit but 
you know, the Gundy stuff wore on me a lot. Like it, it just felt like such a constant fight and slog and we never really had a great relationship with him or the football program. It was good at times. And there was a lot of people that tried to make it really good, but it just never clicked. And that was, fr that frustrated me a lot. And I spent too much time thinking about it and trying to figure it out. And so that, that certainly played in as well. And when I say there's a million things, I mean, there's just literally so many different, when I, when I thought about leaving, there were so many different things that played into uh, should I do it? Should I not? Uh, but I feel, you know, it, my wife, Jen asked me the other day, like, do you, do you miss it? Or you, do you feel good? Like, how, how are you feeling? And, you know, certainly the day that I wrote the final post, I, I cried a lot because this is something that I've done every day for 10 years, something that I've built that I've just worked so hard on to make it good. And there were times where I felt like it's, I succeeded and times where I felt like I didn't. Um, but after that day and, and kind of that weekend, I felt very peaceful about not, not doing it anymore. So th I think that was a good affirmation for me that I'm, that I made the right decision. Yeah, that's good. I don't, I don't understand the Gundy stuff and I don't really want to get into all that, but, uh, I, that all makes sense to me. I'm glad you're at peace with it. Okay, Kyle, let's get to our 10 thoughts here. I, yep. I wrote, we wrote, you and I kind of collaborated here and. I kind of wanted to go somewhat in sequential order of how the podcast got started for people that yeah. didn't really or can't remember <laughs> that far back. I mean, this is back when I think you were just doing the site by yourself. And in, I think your first iteration of the podcast was called the Pistols Cast or the, the Pistol Cast, something like that. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you and I kind of became friends on Twitter because hardly anybody talked about OSU as consistently. <laughs> and there, there frankly wasn't a, a news outlet for just OSU at that point. And I, that's how I got a hold of your side and, and your Twitter account. And you and I kind of became friends through Twitter, just adding each other while Byron Eaton was drawing charges at half court to cost them a bedlam game. Uh, so you called me for your pistols cast at my parents' house on their landline. I think that was the first podcast we ever did. I don't, I don't remember what we discussed. Uh, actually, I think you may have asked about like the OSU beat writer at the time. I think they had just hired somebody and you asked me yeah. about that and we got into all sorts of stuff, but I, I taped it. My parents were in the living room. So I went into their room with the <laughs> landline and just sat on the floor and did our first podcast from a, a house phone that, that tells it's you how, how, how long ago it was we started this. Yeah, it feels like some of the stuff, even from like 2010 or 2009, it feels like it was 1980 or 1990. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, it's weird to think about, I, I think uh, oftentimes I don't think about how far like the technology of stuff has come in even the last five or 10 years to think about the iPhone not being around 12 years ago or whatever is so weird to me. It's so <laughs> bizarre. Uh, but I do. So the first iteration of the podcast, it was called, I think it was a pistol cast or uh, something like that. I remember. So the most prominent memory I had of that was we had Justin Blackman on and I was friends with one of his friends. And this was, I didn't really know how all this stuff worked. I didn't know that there was a media relations department you had to go through and all this different stuff. And I remember we had him on for 15 minutes or whatever, and he was fine, but we got, I got chewed out by, people who were and rightfully so like I, they, they were in the right I, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing but they're like look you got to go through 
there are like channels you have to go through to do this stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I just knew somebody who knew Justin Blackman. What's, what's the big deal here? And <laughs> looking back, it was like, oh, that, that probably wasn't the best way to go about things. So that was, uh, yeah, the first iteration of this podcast was not, uh, definitely not as professional as, as it eventually became. I did. I was going to ask you about that because I remembered you interviewing Blackman on that was one of your first like big podcasts. And that was, I guess that was the first instance you made OSU upset. The second was the uh, revealing the uniforms on the website before that, they could announce it. Yeah, I think that's right. That and and again, like, man, if I could if I could do it all over again, I would definitely, you know, part of me feels like I would get started on a on a better, you know like get started differently, but also it was a little bit of like, Hey, this is how we're going to do things. So I don't know. I, I guess I don't really regret it, but it was, uh, OSU was not my biggest fan for a while. Maybe, maybe still, <laughs> maybe still, uh, number two, uh, my second thought was you calling me at the 2015 <laughs> OSU game in Austin. <laughs> and for people who don't remember, this is the, this is the, I've been to a lot of football games. I've covered a lot of games at field level, shooting the game. This is probably the hottest game I've ever been at. It was over 100 degrees in Austin that day. And that turf, that field turf that they have up in Stillwater and other places, they certainly have it in Austin. It gets hotter than regular turf, like because it's got all those black rubber pellets inside the turf. It was like 125 degrees. I'm not joking at field level. So I am just like completely drenched in sweat it looked like someone dumped a bucket of water on my head and i walk into the the photographer area kind of the media workroom that they have kind of a makeshift media workroom just to get some ac and you called me and asked me if i wanted to do the the podcast like do like a regular podcast weekly and i was like that's fantastic that'll that sounds like a great idea and that's before we even thought about making money off it i just wanted to do it just because i enjoy doing radio and talking about osu and for people who don't remember, this is the 2015 game in Austin where Mason Rudolph couldn't hang on to the football. It was like the sweaty hands game, the small hands game. He had like a <laughs> fumbled snap. He threw like a, what I called like a fair catch interception. He just like threw it up in the air and like lofted into the <laughs> defensive back's arm. So that kind of paints a picture of what game that was. But I'll never forget getting that call from you because it, it's – it's amazing what this thing's turned into based on that phone call and the relationship you and I've developed from that. And I, I can still remember sitting there taking that call and thinking about it and getting excited about it. And uh, that's a, one of my fondest memories, frankly. Yeah. I, I love that. That was the, that was the day that uh, we realized Mason Rudolph had Teddy Bridgewater hands. <laughs> yeah. He needed to wear gloves and that heat <laughs> sweating everywhere. It is. Isn't it crazy though, that that was only, that was 2015. That was five years ago, basically. Yeah. It feels like it was 15 years ago. No, I know. Like, um, I tweeted out some numbers about Blackman that I want to touch on later. And just to think how long ago 2011 was. Like, yeah, that magical run they had in 2011 was almost a decade ago now. That is just like time just moves. I know it's a cliche, but time just moves so fast. Like, yeah. other time's undefeated and we're getting old. But, uh, it's hard to believe, yeah, that 2015 game was so long ago. Yeah, uh, for sure. N- number three, our favorite guests. I think these are easy ones. Uh, for me, it's it's Mike Holder, and you know, I'll let you get to the, the second one too. But it's crazy, Kyle. When we did the Mike Holder podcast, and you and I finished it, I thought this is a great 
showcase for what makes Mike Holder the leader he is, the athletic director he is, and the charisma he has. I thought it was just a great insight because Mike Holder is a very reserved guy. He's not a He's not going to come up to you and chat you up for a long time. And that, that rubs people the wrong way a lot of times. But I thought we got a real insight into who he is and, and how he feels about OSU. So when we wrapped, I thought, man, this is going to do great for Mike Holder. I think people will really love this and, and, and appreciate him more. <laughs> and then all the little, you know, the, the aggregation starts of the quotes of him criticizing Mike Gundy's recruiting. And it just turns into this national frenzy because there wasn't anything going on at the time it was during the summer yeah it ends up on pardon the uh, pti pardon the interruption on espn mike wilbon and tony kornheiser are talking about mike holder criticizing mike gundy on the pistols firing podcast that that blew my mind but i i really do all the controversy aside i loved that interview he's my favorite guest because of that but again I think when people think of the pistols firing podcast, Kyle, they're going to think about that interview and the the furor that was his comments about Mike Gundy. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I remember I wrote him a note, uh, several months after that, maybe a year after that and just said, Hey, I appreciate you coming on our podcast. And, um, it, it was great. And, and I don't really understand why it played out the way it did. And he wrote me back. He wrote me a, a, a he sent me a, a note, like a snail mail, like a note, like handwritten. And he said, yeah, I don't, he was like, I don't really understand it either. And it was just like this weird, it was like, cause even in the moment when he said it, I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I sort of understand why it blew up, but in the moment it didn't feel crazy. It wasn't like, I mean, you and I were texting during that interview and I, I remember us texting like, oh, this, he's, this is so good. Like he's being so open and, and all these different things. But I don't remember us being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. Maybe we did. Maybe I'm just misremembering that. But yeah, it, 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 felt, it felt weird later on that that was the thing that everybody latched onto. Um, but yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he was incredible. I, you know, for me, the, the first Mike Boynton, uh, podcast that we did w was spectacular. He, he was somebody. I remember I was in um, I was in Arizona. I was doing this. I don't remember some. Uh, we were making some videos for CBS. I think it was with. Uh, I don't. I don't even know. Uh, it was with some player. I, I don't. It's probably bad. I don't remember who it was. But I remember seeing the news. It was like March seventeenth that Boynton became the head coach. And I just remember tweeting something like, okay, it's football season. Cause I was just, I was so dismissive that they would not hire Gottlieb or they would not go get a, a, a like an Archie Miller at the time, whatever. I, I don't remember who the big names were at the time. And to have him on our podcast and for him to talk, the, the thing that I remember we asked him about Steph Curry. And then I remember he said something along the lines, and this was the thing that really st uh, stood out of, I'm, I'm obsessed with recruiting. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting because he, just the way he spoke about basketball. And I just, I am fascinated by people who are obsessed with things. Uh, and he clearly is, it, it wasn't just like him saying that it was, it was kind of part of who he is. So that one, that one was the one that one that really stood out to me. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'll never forget that one too. And 
I was critical of the hire. Everyone was. We had never heard of Mike Boynton at the time. And after we talked to him and while we were talking to him, I think you and I, you and I like to, that's a running theme that we're going to probably get to is how you and I text each other while we're interviewing people. Uh, that's, I wish we had like a, a printed sheet of all the text exchanged during a podcast because it'd be pretty funny, like running commentary. But I remember finishing that podcast and just kind of sat there and was like, huh. So that's how he got hired. Like you listen to that guy for five, 10 minutes. You're like, I want that guy leading my, my kids, my, my program. Yep. yep. And uh, I, I, you and I were just equally blown away. And it, to me, it's no surprise. He's recruited as well as he had now. He needs to start winning some games because they, they lost, you know, four straight games after giving up leads late and big 12 play, which you don't have to break down anymore on this podcast. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But no, I, that Boynton interview really sticks out for me. And I just wanted to follow up too on, on the Holder thing. I, I did not at any point think he was being like uber critical of Mike Gundy. I think he just reiterated things everyone has said about Mike Gundy, including, you know, every OSU fans. Like, yeah, like his success has been unbelievable. I wish he recruited a little better, but he's done a great job. Like that's, that's the book of Mike Gundy. That's, that's nothing earth shattering. It's just in his position as athletic director, when that – at the time of the year it came out, it was just kind of this firestorm that at the time I, I did not see coming at all. I'm still kind of shocked it turned into what it turned into based on what he said. Uh, I know it looks different in print than it did the way he phrased it. Context is everything, but, but those two, those two certainly stick out. I think uh, if I had to write a, I think if I had to write a book on one Oklahoma state figure, I don't know that Holder would be the person I would pick, but he would be in my top, three of of people that I would choose there's a lot there and he's a he's a great quote when you get him when you get him going and when you get him and he's very honest and uh yeah he's he's super fat I, I was really glad that he did that because I he, that's not something that he would normally do he probably wouldn't have ever done it again but I, I'm glad that we were able to do that with him because that was that was special yeah. And again, I would encourage people to read the book, The Last Putt, which I've mentioned with you on this podcast before. It's about OSU's national championship in golf in the early 90s against Stanford and freshman Tiger Woods. And there's like multiple chapters and several other stories just about Mike Holder and how he got Karsten Creek built. And it really, it's the most enlightening thing I've read about who Mike Holder is and, and just a, what a fascinating character he is. And in my opinion of him has changed a lot just since we, you and I started doing the podcast. Like I used to be in the camp of, well, he hated the Suttons and well, he he's messed up the basketball program, but to think where OSU is as an athletic department now across the board yeah. is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable what Mike Holder's done. And I think, I think he's one of the most important figures in OSU history. And uh, I would certainly if you want to run or write the book about him, Kyle, I'll definitely read it. <laughs> Good luck uh, in quotes, way, do, though. Do yeah, no kidding. Do I get do I get like any time for just my hot sports takes, like actual on the sure. court stuff? Sure. Uh, do you want to do that at at the end or right now? Let's do it right now. Okay. So one, Brendan Presley, star. I mean, just um, he's he the was, next he, Josh Stewart, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, Josh Stewart was pretty good. I mean, he was really good really in good. college. All Big 12, I think, yeah. Uh, to, I, I don't, like, what is what is the near-term future of Oklahoma State football look like? I think Sanders uh, was great in the bowl, and but, like, all these guys are leaving, and it's just, 
I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, I'm not super inspired about the next three years. And maybe that's, maybe I'm on an Island with that, but I, I just don't know what, and, and maybe that's just a lack of, again, recruiting or whatever. Um, and I'm sure you guys have talked about that a lot. Uh, three, I think Cade is going to be a better pro than he is a college player, because I think that he's the type of player that gets exponentially better with better guys around it with smarter guys around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know that he's going to be as impressive. He's going to be, I mean, he's already been great. I don't know that he's going to be as impressive as people thought he would be in college, but I think he's going to be an awesome NBA player. Uh, number one, Brennan Presley is the next big thing at receiver. I agree with you there. I, I can't believe he had one catch entering the bowl game. That's, and two, that, that kind of leads me into your second thought was where's OSU go from here? I just think Kyle, as long as they run the offense, they ran against, you know, Baylor and certainly in the bowl game, like get back to being a spread offense, get rid of this two tight end power run game that they literally cannot run. Like quit trying to be, quit trying to be Iowa, for instance. Uh, I think they'll be fine because their defense, they've recruited better on defense this year, <clears throat> the last couple of years. I just think their defense is no longer an embarrassment to where as long as they rediscover their identity on offense, it's very similar to 09 for me where their offense got stale uh, towards the end of Zach's run and they hired Holgerson. Now, can Casey Dunn do that with a full spring? Wait, we have to wait and see. But as long as they just let Spencer cook, like, like they let Russell Wilson cook, it's very similar to me as Seattle, where Seattle tries to run off tackle with Chris Carson and power formations when they're better off letting Russ cook. They need to let Spencer cook a little bit. I think they'll be fine if they do that. Yeah. So what about uh, Cade? Cade. Oh, sorry, Cade. Uh, the Ben Simmons comparison to me is is turning out to be more and more accurate in terms of, like you said, better pro than college player. Didn't have the supporting pieces around him necessarily. And they're just very similar in that they're not like these, you know, just prolific scorers. Like Cade just got this all around game that's, he's built, he's, he has a point guards game and a six foot eight body. He's not some you know, Kobe out there who's just going to score 35 a game. And I think that's yeah. what people want him to do, considering he's likely the top pick in the draft or the certainly top five. And so I think that's right. I think it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be him just carrying them to a final four. Like everyone probably hoped he's just, that's not his game, I guess. I think the Ben Simmons comparison at LSU is a, is a pretty good one. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, by the way, I would say one nine games. We need to address. We need to just at least just time to answer. That. It's time to answer for your sins. <laughs> Iowa State finally won nine games. You've been asking for it. Uh, Matt Campbell lost his mind in the Big Twelve Championship game, and the result was they they beat the brakes off Oregon. So, I mean, they they tried as hard as they could to win eight, but they 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 did it. <laughs> they won nine. Well, and they. They did so as a dressed like a high school team that, you know, coach, can we please have all black uniforms, even though it's not a school color, please? We hate hey, you, red and yellow. Do you, do you think A&M will hang a banner for, for uh, going nine and one? Oh, yeah. I mean, they might claim a piece of the SEC championship, a piece of the, the playoff since they were fifth and they – struggled to beat North Carolina's third teamers. Yeah, they might they click become a banner anytime they want. <laughs> uh, we got to move on. Number four. Uh, number four. Uh, friend of the show, Doug Gottlieb. Uh, 
he was a multiple multiple time guest. Speaking of people who are open and honest, that guy, he, when he came on, he would he would light the podcast on fire with takes, and uh, it was fun. I like I I love like I think people got a little carried away with us thinking that we were like his campaign manager. Like if Doug Gottlieb wants to come on our podcast, like we're going to have him on. And, I, and you and I were certainly intrigued with the idea of him becoming the coach. I mean, you wrote multiple times about the Fred Hoiberg comparison and that still holds water with me. Like Doug has coaching experience. He's now coached uh, overseas a little bit for some junior stuff. So I, I just thought at the time, OSU basketball was at its lowest depths that had been since pre-Sutton era uh, or post-IBA era. And I thought Doug would have done a good job. And I, I still think that he could have, you know, he has so many ties in the coaching world that I think he would have done a good job. Now, would he have fallen on his face? Who knows? I don't know. But I, I, I enjoyed having him on the pod. We had to mention that on our 10 thoughts. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that people... Like we were very aware of what was happening. It wasn't like, like we knew that Gottlieb was using every platform he could reach or he could, he touched to reach as many people as possible. It wasn't like, it wasn't like we were blind to this reality that Gottlieb wanted to come on our podcast so he could reach OSU fans like that, that we knew up front that that was happening and that didn't invalidate or, you know, like it, it didn't invalidate what he said or, or how much fun it was to have him on. So I think that would, that would be the only thing that I would say about that. It was a ton of fun. I, you know, I'm glad they hired Boynton. I don't, I don't think that hiring Gottlieb would have been a bad move and maybe it would have, I, I don't know who knows, but I, you know, just because Boynton has mostly worked out, I think you could say, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know. We, we don't have, I don't, I'm not here to talk about that anymore, but it doesn't mean that hiring Gottlieb would have been a, a bad thing. So I will, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll defend that one in the Taylor, Taylor Cornelius take until, uh, until I don't have, until I'm unable to defend takes. Anymore. Well, I'm still, I'm still defending the corn, corn ball takes. So, but no, I'm, I'm with you. And you and I talk, you and I spoke with people who were in the, in the Regent room when Doug interviewed and Doug's, Doug's duck. I mean, he, he, he makes no bones about it. Like he has a, he has a loud voice. He has a big ego. I think he rubs some people the wrong way in that room. That's what we've heard. But again, I, I think Doug would have done a, a great job. I, I think he has the ties. He has the pedigree. And frankly, he has more experience with that than Fred Hoiberg did when he got hired as the head coach of Iowa State. And we all know what the job Hoiberg did. See, coaching hires are a huge roll of the dice. And I thought Doug was a big, like, I thought his ceiling was as high as his floor, was higher than his floor. And his floor was really low. So that's just, that's where I will always, I'll die on that hill as well. Uh, number five. This uh, is, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was going to, I was going to move to number five. Okay, go for it. Um, so uh, this was one that I put down, and I think that, and, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but just the technology that allows us to be able to sit here, and I'm sitting in Richardson, Texas, you're sitting in uh, in Oklahoma City, and we're talking about Oklahoma State sports, and we are, well, I'm not, but you are making money from that, and people are listening to it, and I think that's pretty crazy, and Technology has been bad in a lot of ways, but it's been really cool in a lot of ways too. And so I just wanted to kind of celebrate that because I think that 
I think that a lot of times when we talk about technology and especially when people that are maybe older than us talk about technology, it's all bad, bad, bad. Um, but for us, it's been really cool. And, you know, it's an encouragement that if you use things in the right way, that, that, uh, that good can come from it. So I don't know, that was just something that kind of came to my mind as I was thinking about this. No, it's, it's absolutely wild. And I joked for so many years, cause you and I used to tape on Skype and, <laughs> and you, and you had to, you had to, and then I did as well, like buy this, this voice recorder app that came with Skype, but you could only buy it from this one company and you had to renew your subscription per year to record the pod and it didn't always record. And I, I joked for years that you and I needed to develop a, a system like Skype that worked better for podcasting because that's how everyone's going to communicate via podcasting is they're going to call each other through the internet. And lo and behold, Zoom took our idea. I was Mr. Zoom six years ago, five years ago, whenever we started this thing. I just didn't have the means or the uh, the brain power to uh, come up with it. But it's amazing <laughs> that we are able to do that. I wish we could go back to March and buy both Zoom and Peloton stock. That no would kidding. be that would be lucrative. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was telling Jen last night. I said if I had to do it all over again, I don't know that I would start. A website um and, and that's hard for me because writing i think will always be my first love as it relates to to kind of media stuff but i think if i had to do it all over again i, I might just go podcast and youtube channel i think that is where you've seen a lot of like modern media companies really thrive and i don't know may, maybe not I, it's easy for me to say that now but it, it's just you know my kids and i are watching a um like YouTube videos the other day of these 15 year olds doing trick shots. These guys have 3 million subscribers <laughs> and they're, they're 15. And it's like, this is, this is what modern media looks like. And it's so hard to keep up with um, what you should be doing next. Not because I'm not, not because you're not open to the idea, but because it's hard to, to shift from like, Hey, I worked really hard on building up this website and it's following. Hey, I, I'm going to just throw that away and shift over to this next thing, this podcast or this YouTube channel. Like that's just it logistically, it's a very difficult thing to do. So I'm fascinated to see where it all goes, but I'm grateful for, you know, the technology that it's a lot that, that has allowed us to do it. Yeah. It's amazing how kids YouTube is their thing. Like I, I'm, Oh yeah. I've realized I'm too old now to understand it, but like, I've learned just being around, you know, family, uh, friends who are friends who have smaller families and kids and stuff that like how much YouTube is like all they watch literally. And it, yeah. and it can be anything I've seen really young kids, ages like four and five watching videos of other kids opening presents and toys and stuff, things that I never would dream kids would watch is what they yeah. go to YouTube for. And you're right, predicting that's tough, but it is crazy what the media world's come to. And uh, that kind of leads into the thought number seven was you mentioned, you know, maybe starting a, a podcast company, like look no further. And that's thought number seven was podcasting is the future of news, which was one of yours. And look no further than Bill Simmons, who one of the preeminent sports writers of our generation, probably the, for your, your generation and my generation, he was the number one guy. He doesn't write anymore. He's basically a podcaster and he turned his company, essentially, he sold it for 
hundreds of millions of dollars to Spotify as a podcast company. And, you know, podcasting is the future of news was your thoughts. So I wanted to turn that over to you. Yeah. And I've seen this a little bit in, in with CBS sports as well. I mean, when I started out in 2012, 97% of my job was just, Hey, write articles, write blog posts, write anything. And now eight years, nine years later, it's, I don't know, that's probably 50% of the job. And the other 50% is, Hey, we're shooting a, a five minute video on what you think about Bryson's chances to win at the tournament of champions. Hey, we've got a 45 minute podcast with some of your best bets for the first, you know, all, all these different things. And it's just, um, I, and yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I didn't mean to skip ahead here, but I, I think that if I was, 20 and wanted to get into sports media or you know the the broader media i i, I don't know that it would be a website maybe it would i i, I don't know because it's it still i don't know it still matters like it's still pistols firing still a place to congregate the message board is still a place to congregate uh, i think about a place like 11 warriors with ohio state or texags for a&m those are still places for people to and, and not everybody likes podcasts. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I just, I do wonder, and I'm not planning on starting anything over again, but if I had to, it, if you started in like 2014 or 16 or 17, I do wonder if it would have been more beneficial to do just podcasts and video rather than website. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm curious about your take on that because you've been in, you've been on kind of the the other side of that as well with TV. Like what, what, how do you view all that stuff? No, it's, it's, that's the way things are going. I mean, I, I do a nightly sports cast on, on channel five and I feel like I get recognized more out in public by the older generation. Cause that's, that's still how they consume news. Whereas yeah. people who recognize me under the age of 40 say, Hey, I, I listened to the, the pistols firing podcasts, like 99 yeah. times out of a hundred. Yeah. Rarely do they say I watch you every night on channel five. That, that just doesn't happen. So that, that to me illustrates how far things have shifted for people under the age of, of 50 or 40 even. So that that's true. And, and, and more on the podcasting is the future of news. And I, I'm with you. I wish I had started like a podcast meet slash media company because I have free time from my regular job. That's how I'm able to do this show. But there's so many times, Kyle, when I watch a big game or a, a golf tournament, which I think you guys have done a really good job on, on the first cut podcast on CBS immediately after a game, like I want to consume like a podcast about it. Like yeah. when, when OU plays, I want the sooner scoop pod to come out immediately. Cause I want to, I want to digest what I just watched and, and hear more thoughts about it than my own. And I think that's the future. Like, after every big event, immediately there's a podcast or maybe even a column with it too. But that's, and maybe I'm just, maybe that's just me. Maybe there's not a huge market for that, but I feel like there is. I think people, as soon as the game ends, they're ready to hear more about it. And that to me is the well, future. That's the, I mean, it's the modern post-game show, right? Like it, it, yeah. you, you, when, when you, when, when uh, media company or, or TV channels created post-game shows, it was because, people wanted to understand or digest what they just watched or what they just witnessed or what they just experienced. And that's the modern version of it. And I think it, you know, everything, like it's diluted everything. So there's a lot more places. I mean, everybody has a podcast now. It's kind of the joke, but it, 
it it has been a little bit diluted. So you have to be really, really good to stand out, I think, um, or ha- own like a really, really niche market. Uh, like if we started an Oklahoma State women's soccer podcast, we would own that market because there are no other Oklahoma State women's soccer <laughs> podcasts. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I could talk, we could talk forever about this, but I think that just, you know, I, I'm glad that we, I'm glad we did this because I think that it, it, it will exist into the, I, I think podcasting and, and hopefully this podcast will exist into the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I skipped one, Kyle. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay. I thought I lost you there for a second. I skipped one of our thoughts. That's my bad. I skipped ahead because it kind of tied into what you mentioned with technology, but you wrote down guest you wish we could have had on other than Mike Gundy. Uh, who's yours? I didn't even think about an answer to my own question. Well, I'll, I'll go then. Pro- uh, probably. Uh, no, I did think about this actually. It's probably Justin Blackman. That was mine. Uh, was it really? Yeah. Yeah. Post like all the NFL stuff and, and just his well-documented life. It, it, I think uh, like an honest, open Justin Blackman would have been fascinating. And it would have been a big get. I mean, that was something that, you know, everybody was trying to get that for a while. And uh, that would have been, that would have been a really, really good one, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him out and about a couple of times since his playing career was done. And I wasn't going to go up and bother him and, you know, hey, come on my podcast. But he's just a fascinating character and to make a golf comparison he's kind of like anthony kim he was just this huge star and just flamed out seemingly in the blink of an eye and i think he's even more relevant to like as we're taping this today because Devonte smith just won the heisman first receiver since 1991 and i i tweeted out today Devonte smith this year had 1600 yards 20 touchdowns one rushing touchdown Justin Blackman in 2010 had 1,700, nearly 1,800, 20 touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, almost identical seasons. And Blackman's was slightly better on a yards per catch and, and total receiving yards. And that that's just how good – you can make a serious case, and I would, that Justin Blackman's the best college football wide receiver in history based on his numbers. Yeah. Uh, you know, winning two Blitnikoffs puts him in a, a, a category of just two other receiver or just one other receiver, him and uh, Michael Crabtree. And yeah, I would love to hear him just open up about, you know, his substance issues. Why I'd always heard he didn't like football, which was strange to me. You know, certain people are certain greats are like that too. You hear that about certain, certain athletes that they, they fall out of love of the game. I would love to hear, that I would love to hear some stories from practice, uh, you know, how Brandon Whedon was third string and that first game where they connected for their first of many touchdowns together would be fascinating, but I could go two hours with Justin Blackman, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And I think that his, I mean, even thinking about those 2010, 2011 teams, it's so improbable that, and, and people always point to that when we make the recruiting argument stuff, well, they almost wanted an 11 and it's like, yeah, they had like this one in every hundred years <laughs> qu- quarterback fall in their lap because he played major league baseball first. And then the, the transfer, I mean, to go from a three-star to 1700 yards is, I mean, it's probably never happened. It's happened a handful. I mean, it's just, it, 
like that stuff doesn't happen. And to get both on the same team is it, this, the odds of it are just outlandish. And I think, you know, there's a reason that remains the only big 12 title they've ever won. So. Yeah. Number eight favorite moment ever on the pod. You have three. I'll, I'll just open three. the floor to you. I, I struggled with this one. So I'll let you go first. <laughs> so I had, yeah, the, you don't even have to go. I'll just take all three and we'll talk about them. So I had two, and then you reminded me of another one earlier when you brought up Iowa. But basically, your two-year rant about Iowa, just the the <laughs> ongoing the ongoing bit of hating Iowa. Iowa it was, was incredible. Iowa. <laughs> it, it was. I mean, every time it got brought up. I mean, it got brought up a lot. Every time it made me laugh. Uh, number two was the Bedlam 2016 game, I think. Uh, when, <laughs> when, when, Junior, when Barry, when Junior, Barry Sanders no. Jr. tried to run the kickback before halftime. <laughs> and Gunny didn't want him to. Junior, no. We got to take it into half. Junior, what are you doing? Get down. Junior. <laughs> and then the one that is the hardest I ever laughed on the podcast. Do you know what this is? Oh, I, I, it's in the back of my brain. I, me mispronouncing something. No, no, no. It was when I turned on Mike Yersich and, uh, and you said that I, that <laughs> you said not only, you said you crested Mike Yersich Hill and then you died, like you planted your flag on Mike, Mike Yersich Hill and then you died on Mike Yersich Hill like eight <laughs> times. And now you're, and now you're turning on him. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes, I vaguely do. Oh, it was. Wait, it was so the you hardest. were anti Yersich, then you were pro, and I. No, I was. I was. No, no, no. I was pro for like many years alongside you, and then I turned on him at the very, very end, and <laughs> and you were just apoplectic over the fact that I had defended him for like four years, and then at the very end of his career, the I moment turned of on truth. Him. He actually turned into like the best, one of the best offensive coordinators they've ever had. They were like top, He's, they were like second in the country in offense and you, you <laughs> murdered him at the stake. That was the hardest, like I can't, I, well, I'll have to go find like the exact thing that you said and maybe we can link to it or something, yeah, but that was the hardest I've ever laughed on the uh, podcast. Oh, it was so funny. funny. Uh, we had so many good moments like that. One of my favorite, I guess that is my favorite moment on the pod is getting you to cackle laugh that that brought me a lot of yeah. joy over the years was yeah. when i get you in stitches so that <laughs> we had we had a lot of those and I, I i will never understand how someone can rank iowa in the top four when they played nobody <laughs> in a terrible football conference like the big 10 ohio state's the only team in that conference that knows what the forward pass or a shotgun formation is <laughs> so like the fact that iowa would be in the top four without playing them is just stupid did you see Michigan's trying to extend Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> you know, Michigan is basically the University of Texas. Like they, they have all this cachet. Yeah. They're one of the all-time winningest programs, and they've done nothing in like 30 years. They, they shared a national championship in 97 with Nebraska, and Nebraska would have beaten them by 35 points that year. Don't even get me started on Michigan either. I, I hate the Big Ten. That's a whole other podcast. So was that the uh, was that the Tommy Fra that wasn't the Tommy Frazier was team? Scott Frost. Okay. Okay. So like Michigan that year, they played 
a very average, I think they played Ryan Leafs, Washington state team, and they, they beat them maybe by 10 to 14 points and Nebraska just annihilated a way better team in, in their bowl game. Let me see here. But yeah, I, I will die on that hill that Nebraska would have beaten Michigan that year by three touchdowns. Let's see here. Oh yeah. Nebraska beat. Okay. 97 Nebraska, their bowl game was against Nebraska was ranked number two behind Michigan. They played number three, Tennessee, and they won 42 to 17. Wow. While Michigan. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Beat up on uh, Peyton his last year. And let's see here. Michigan. That was the Charles Woodson Rose Bowl year. Yeah. They beat Washington State, didn't they? Washington State was ranked eighth, so they weren't terrible. They were really good. They Ryan were top Leaf. 10 in the country. And they won 21 to 16. Like, okay. Nebraska annihilated the number three team, and yeah. Michigan squeaked by Washington State. So, anyway, that's another take I, that I will go to my grave with. Uh, uh, number, number nine. Number nine, what the podcast became. Um, yeah, this this is, you know, and I wrote about this a little bit in my 10 thoughts, but, you know, podcasts are best whenever they are just platforms to be able to talk about everything else. You know, it's it's like a Trojan horse where it seems like it's one thing, but it's really about something else. And, you know, our, ours was, I don't know that ours was ever truly that, but in a lot of ways, just personally, it was. We got to talk about a lot of life and a lot of things going on in our personal lives, you and I privately, that we wouldn't have if we didn't have the podcast. And it's just such a, <clears throat> I, I think podcasts are cool because they're, it's almost an excuse to be able to talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about. And we did that at times publicly on the podcast, but we did it a lot off the podcast privately. So I was really grateful for that. And, and that was something that, um, yeah, I just, did, I didn't want to bypass. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this ties into number 10 as well, but just the friendship we've developed through talking about Oklahoma state sports, it, it sounds silly, but I consider you one of my one of my better friends, one of my best friends. I think you're going to be one of my groomsmen when if if and when I ever get married with this pandemic going on. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, what's what the podcast became for me is a lifelong friendship, and we won't talk yeah. as much. We haven't because we're not doing the podcast twice a week, and maybe that'll be good for us <laughs> when OSU's in a tank during a football season and we're slogging <laughs> through some some terrible season, but. But that's what I, the podcast for me became a, a, a lifelong friendship. And that's something that I'm, I'm grateful for. Yeah, that's really sweet. That's cool. Um, number 10, this one might be hard for me to, to get through, but yeah, just, just doing this, uh, this website and, and this podcast was, um, it, it was a really special time in, in my life and it was just a, it was a cool chapter and our kids were really young and we were just starting a family and, and, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever create any other businesses or, or do anything else, but I'm, I'm proud to have done this. And, um, yeah, it, it was, a. It was, it was a it was a real joy to to be able to do it and i'm glad for everybody that um listened and um read stuff and even the people that commented uh it, i just i had a lot of fun building it and um 
yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm so emotional, but it was, it was just a really sweet time that I'm caught for. Yeah, I'm, you should be proud because what you, what you built from scratch is truly remarkable. And I'll, I'll get to that a little later, just the work ethic you displayed. But the idea of creating an OSU-centric website sounds like a women's soccer podcast. It sounds so niche. <laughs> it, it sounds so niche that it can't possibly work. But the way you, how creative you were, your work ethic, and just what you turned it into, you turned it into the go-to place for OSU sports. And we obviously learned that there's a real market for that. And I think it's a testament to just how smart you are first and second, just the grind you put in to, to make it what it is. And it's this, it, it literally wouldn't exist without, without you. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think what you started from scratch and what it has turned into, not just the, the website, but the podcast as well was your idea. It wasn't my idea. I mean, just your desire to continue to create and what you turned this, the website into is, is remarkable. I mean, not many people can say they started for something from scratch and made it a success. And that's certainly what you did. And I'm appreciative you did because I remember when you started it back in 2011, I, I remember you putting out some of your first few things. I was like, man, that's, is it, can this exist? Is this, is there any people that will read about OSU? Like, is he just spinning his wheels? And then just what, what it's turned into is remarkable. And so I, I know you're emotional about it. And you should be, it's, it's your baby. You created it. And uh, it's, it is a, it's a chapter in my life that I'll, now you're getting me emotional, man, um, that I'll always cherish as well. So let's move on before I turn into a blubbering mess. <laughs> let's get to uh, the, one of the funnest segments of the show is the uh, Bullets and BBs, which is one of the funniest names ever for <laughs> A podcast segment uh, that I, I can't remember who I'm sure you don't either remember who sent in that idea, but bullets and BBs. I wanted to do that one more time as well. And that kind of leads me into just what I just said. My, my bullet, which is the positive one is uh, just your work ethic. Like <clears throat> that's a lesson you've tried to display in your 10 thoughts when you were leaving. And I think it's something that when you talk to aspiring journalists or writers or whomever that wants to get into me. That's, I think your number one lesson you try to teach them. And, and something that I've learned from you is just working at your craft every single day is something that can't be, there's no substitute for that. It's all about reps. Yeah. It's all about, and, it, and I think it's an important lesson for what this podcast turned into. Like there are so many times that you and I had other things going on and we did not want to do a podcast. There's many times, I still have days where I don't want to do it, but I'll meet someone that, that loves it and, and loves that I do it and thanks me for doing it. And that keeps me, keeps me going. And I think that work ethic lesson you try to, to pass on to others is an important one. That's something I admire about you is putting in the work every single day even when you don't want to. And that's that, that goes above and beyond just media. That goes along with life as well. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. My bullet is, and this is something that every time we, every and we didn't, I didn't listen to it a ton, but every time it would come on in the car or whatever, Jen, my wife would always say, God, Carson sounds so professional. He's so good. 
And I'm like, well, what about, what about me? Like, do <laughs> I sound good? And I just, I think that people don't understand how good you are at your job and how talented and, and how you've developed that talent to become just you, you, the way that you, and, and the voice, yes, but just the way that you, um, move traffic and move things around and and it, it's it's impressive and i was constantly impressed um just in in doing the podcast with you for the last five years so that was uh yeah that was my bullet well thanks a lot but here's a little secret i'll let you in on uh, and you need to tell jen this too you know i would do the intro and you would basically turn in the host after I did the intro because you were so good at maneuvering the podcast and moving it along through the rundown that you would create on your own time that I would just kind of show up and and just add my hot takes to. So the dirty little secret here is you're every bit as good of a broadcaster as I am, probably better in terms of hosting a podcast. And I've I've tried to take over once you've you've gone with now with Colby, and it's not easy. And you made it seem really, really easy. So that, that that goes right back to you. I, I, I did the intro, but you were basically the host because you're really good at it too. So that, you deserve I, that I as well. I appreciate that. Uh, BBs. My, <laughs> damn, my damn laptop, which I have this old MacBook Pro that is beyond ready for retirement. My fiance still makes fun of me that I still have it. She hates it. And she, she hates it probably as much as you do. But the amount of times my laptop would either crash or Skype wouldn't open or the, the microphone, the professional microphone you sent me from CBS that I couldn't get working on my laptop. It contributed to so many headaches over the years that uh, I probably need to send you a Venmo for, for retribution. So that's, that's my BB. Whenever I got on Zoom today, I was like, oh, it sounds really good. And that's not something that I've said a lot of times over the last five years. Usually when we log on, you like, you don't sound good. That was the first thing you'd always say. <laughs> so mine is, uh, is editing, just having to edit the thing. And it's not, <laughs> it's not even that hard, but I just always wanted to be done after we got done talking. And I would have to go in and usually I'd have to, chop off the first three minutes because we like i'd have to be extra you know careful because usually we said something that was would be inflammatory or would get us in a lot of trouble with certain people um <laughs> and then i'd have to yeah it, it was just i didn't love editing so that's that's my bb I think one of those got out one time that we had to we had to scrub the tapes. <laughs> they they did, and thank God it wasn't one. I mean, it, it there were a couple where it could have been really bad, and yeah. that wasn't one of them. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Me too. So that's our that's our final bullets at BB segment, the hilarious named segment. Uh, one last a couple last things here. Let's get to the Chris's University Spirit uniform review. You can shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. We again we appreciate the partnership they forged with, with Kyle and, and pistols firing. And we're happy they're, they're staying on the podcast, you know, uniforms, Kyle became such an important part of what we did over the years. I'm mean, obviously you broke the news of the new uniforms and you and I, you're the, you're probably the only person I've known that's as passionate about uniforms as I am. <laughs> uh, maybe Justin Southwell's right. Southwell. there with us. He's yeah, probably more yeah. passionate than both of us combined. Yes. Which is for why sure. he's such a great friend and, and contributor, but uh my uniform review is, I remember I was at the 2011 OSU A&M game, the, the year that the Whedon and Blackman made the big comeback in the second half. I think I tweeted that game that, that Justin Gilbert should win the uniform Heisman. 
And that kind of turned into a, a running segment on, on the podcast. So I want to give one more uniform review shout out to Justin Gilbert, the best uniform wearer in OSU history, uniform Heisman. He's the goat. And uh, I'll turn it over to you. Is there, a, is there a second place? Do you have anybody that is even close to being a runner up? Um, no one readily comes to mind. What about you? Uh, I thought Zach was pretty good. Oh, Des, Des. Yeah, Des. Yeah. Des just, he's all world, you know, uniform guy. Even still in the pros now playing with the Ravens. He just looks great <laughs> in the Ravens get up. It's just, it's fantastic. Um, so I don't, I don't have a specific person, but I just want to give one final shout out to the black, white, orange, the greatest, the greatest uni set ever. Yep. Um, it broke the bedlam spell. It, uh, it also contributed to them not playing for the title in 2011, but, uh, they went back to it and, uh, it, it worked in 2014. So black, white, orange is my, is my all time. I mean, other than like the Desmond Curse of Cowboys basketball stuff, but yeah. in terms of football, it's it's black, white, orange. It's stunning. I'm glad they they won that Bedlam game, or else we really might not have ever seen it again. But now they they wear it almost every year now, so I'm I'm glad yeah. we get to see that too. Uh, what do you think of the Curse of Cowboys helmet? Before we move on for one last thing, uh, the orange one or the white one? They had the white and the orange the Curse of Cowboys. Yeah, it was fine. It might be a little too much it's a little florida um, gatorsy isn't it I, i've never been a fan of the florida gators script helmets yeah i i i don't know i didn't like i think i like the idea of it more than i like the reality of it if that makes sense that does make sense and my dad hated him he wants the brand so give, <laughs> give him the brand <laughs> i forgot about I, I forgot about all your dad's takes that should have been on our top on our fine on our 10 thoughts well, he, he wants the brand, didn't like the Curse of Cowboys. That, that should not surprise you at all. Uh, time for one, uh, one interesting thing, Kyle. This was always your, your segment that you added to the show, and I think I'll go first because you kind of just touched on it. Your BB was, was editing, uh, editing the podcast every single day and producing content every single day. And, like, again, I got to just show – you did the rundowns. I just got to show up and give my hot takes – and you would basically captain the ship as well on the air. And then you had to go edit everything on top of all of your duties for pistols firing and CBS. So my one, and not a lot of people know you did all of that. And I want people to know you did. And uh, I'm going to miss you doing all that work because now I get to do it. But uh, I really <laughs> appreciate, uh, again, you having me on over the years and, and doing all the, all the grunt work, essentially, that, that really helped this podcast get off the ground. I appreciate that. Um, my, my one interesting thing, and we'll end it like this. I got a message from, I don't think I've told you this, but I got a message from Mike Boynton um, the day that I wrote my final post. And he said, I don't, I don't think he would mind me sharing this. I hope he doesn't mind. Um, he, he just said, hey, congratulations. And you know, I think this thing will live a lot longer than maybe you ever thought it would. And I thought that was, first of all, very wow. kind. Um, but also, uh, just really cool. Like just a cool way to kind of, to go out. Cause yeah, I mean, like when I started it back in November of 2010 and, and first made it public in January of 2011, did I think that somebody would eventually buy it and it would be like kind of the go-to place for Oklahoma, Oklahoma state sports? No, of course not. And so I, I just, that was, that was, that was cool affirmation for me and, and just kind of a, a cool note to end on as, uh, as we wrap things up. 
Yeah, no doubt. That's that just kind of tells you the, the type of guy that, that Mike Boynton is, that he would go out of his way to do that. And I think he's right. I think uh, who knows, maybe 10 years from now, pistols firing still, still chugging away. And uh, we, we can still have you on every now and then, if you want, if you want to get off your, your hot sports takes after a, you know, a bedlam game or something. I might, I might have to just save them up for once a year and then just, just un, unload them. Yeah. Um, just so into yeah, the tank. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, but. Yeah. Hey, looking forward to when, uh, when we get to do this, this wedding thing. And, um, yeah, it's been a ton of fun over the years and I'm glad we got to do one last one of these. Yep. I'm glad you got to join one last time, Kyle. Again, thanks for everything. I've, I've, this has been a real thrill, uh, definitely a, a highlight of, of, of my career and my life really getting to, to meet you and become, you know, really good friends with you. And I, I can't wait to get down to, Richardson and you don't have to worry about writing a post for pistols firing. We just go play <laughs> golf and drink some beers. That, that sounds tremendous right now. Kyle Porter. Thanks again, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you uh, sometime in the distant future. Talk to you later.